In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Um, this familiar, familiar passage of, of Mary and Martha has been, been sort of, I don't know what has happened to it. It's, it's been corrupted, at, at the very least, of making, making little divisions of, of church women into, into either Martha women or Mary women, um, which, you know, Martha women are, are the ones that do coffee hour and altar guild and peacemakers and basically anything important. And Mary would just they go over and they sit in a corner and do central prayer or something like that, you know, go on retreat. And it's, I don't know, I don't know how that trickled into the church and, and wove its way into, into creating this foundation, but it's, but it's not really what this passage is about at all. Um, in fact, this passage is, is pretty, pretty dramatic and pretty um, as revolutionary as, as last week's passage of the Good Samaritan. And, and we, we just need to begin a little bit by backing, backing away to, to um, the end of chapter 9, where Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem. And so now Jesus is heading um, to the cross, heading, heading toward Jerusalem in his final days. And the kingdom of God is being unleashed. Um, remember, first, he, he meets those three different sort of categories of disciples on the road. One comes up to him and says, I will follow you wherever you go. And he says, well, foxes have holes, brassiers have nests, the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So, you know, count your costs before you start making bold statements like this. And the next one he says, you know, follow me. And he goes, well, i got to go bury my father first. He's like, well, let the dead bury their own dead. Um, which wasn't like his father was laid out in the funeral home. His father was probably like 32, you know, doing just, doing just fine and dandy, thank you very much. You know, he's, he's all right. He's sitting there in the field. But it's, but it's what sons do, right? Like, well, when my father dies, then I have freedom. But for now, you know, I sort of have to have family responsibilities. And Jesus is saying, you have responsibility to me. That's who you have responsibility to, nobody else. And same with the other person who said, well, first let me go ask permission, which is sort of like when you're in high school saying, hey, let me go ask my mom if I can come to the party. At my, at, I know your parents are out of town, but I'm sure my mom won't mind if I come over. Right. He's like, yeah, okay. So it's sort of this false, this false thing. But it sets up what it is to, to be a disciple. And Jesus is saying being a follower is full commitment. Being a follower means giving everything up. Being a follower means leaving everything behind and coming after. Are you prepared to count this cost, right? We've heard other places. Take up your cross and follow me. And then the next passage is the passage of the 72 that gets sent out. And they go two by two to various villages, proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand. Peace be to this house. The kingdom of God is here. Be prepared to receive the kingdom of God. There go out as witnesses, ambassadors, evangelists, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to invite those in the villages to come and to be a part, to become disciples, to become recipients of this new blessing, this new peace, this new kingdom that's at hand. And then last week's passage was the parable of the Good Samaritan. And, and the, the answer, the question um, that, that the lawyer asks 
who is my neighbor, right after he says, um, what's the best, what are the best important commands? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Well then, so I can justify myself, who then is my neighbor? Which the answer he's hoping for is your friends, your family, your community, your synagogue, those are your neighbors. And Jesus says, let me tell you a story. Um, and as we know, that story is the hated Samaritan, who's hated even more than the Gentiles, um, that becomes the hero of the story. And, and, and so Jesus says, so who was the neighbor to the man? He's like, the one who showed mercy. Couldn't even say the word Samaritan, right? Couldn't even say it. Just said, the one who showed mercy, that's the one who was the, the neighbor. So now today, you, you, all of a sudden we're just in a, just in a, in a hospitality story. No, right? I mean, so Martha invites Jesus in. And it says Mary sat at his feet. Now, when Mary sits at his feet, that means Mary is assuming the role of a follower, a disciple. The disciples sit at the feet of the rabbi. And so as she's going to sit at the feet and listen, she is assuming that that message of the kingdom of God is available to you, come and follow, is for her also. Now the 72 that have gone out two by two, you can assume those are all men, right? They go out in pairs, two by two. Probably the three people that have come up to Jesus are all men. Even the Samaritan who helped the travel on the way is probably male, right? And so Martha is watching. And all of a sudden, Martha is going, this is not right. Does she not know her role? What are people going to be saying about me? And then, we already know Mary. I mean, she's the one who dumps all the perfume on Jesus in John's gospel, right? I mean, so Mary's, she's, she's a little out there anyway. It's okay. We, she, we love her. She wears her heart on her sleeve. But you can just see Martha, just like any sibling type thing. All of a sudden, all the little sibling things are boiling up. And she's in the kitchen. She's slamming pots and pans and ice, getting the ice out and slamming the cupboard shut. With Mary doing it there, who she thinks she is. This is how she always is. Mom always liked her best anyway. And you know, just all the things that just keep pouring out of, of these family great dynamics. And you can just see it. And who's going to marry her? Nobody's going to marry her. I'm going to be stuck or stupid living in my house. The rest of my life. You think I'm going to take care of her? I'm not taking care of her. There's no way I'm taking care of her. How is she going to get a husband if she's acting this way? She needs to be told what's... And so all this is going through, right? And she says, Jesus, Lord, you need to tell her to come help me. Really what she's saying is you need to tell her what her role is. Jesus says, Martha, you're distracted and troubled about lots of things. One thing is needed, and Mary has chosen it. And now here we have, in the exact same way, that Jesus just tore down racial barriers in the parable of the Good Samaritan. He was torn down other, other things about the kingdom of God and will continue to tear them down, tears down the gender roles here as well. The disciples are for everybody. We know this anyway in Paul's gospel, right? 
the kingdom of God is forever. It doesn't matter. If you're in Christ, neither male nor female, slave nor free, Jew nor Gentile, we're all one in Christ. And here's where it begins. It doesn't begin with Paul. It begins here in Jesus in the Gospels, continuing to extend this call, this invitation. The kingdom of God is for you. And so this passage isn't about, isn't about um, even giftedness in any way, shape, or form. It's about roles of who is called to be a disciple, who is allowed to be a disciple. And switching to John's gospel again, just, just to put a parenthesis around it, in, in, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we know who makes the confession of Jesus every time. It's not good to ask Bible questions of Episcopalians. Anybody? Anybody? So Peter, right? Peter makes the confession of Jesus every time. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In John's Gospel, it's Martha is the first person to make that confession. When Jesus goes to the... To, uh, the, the grave of Lazarus, and Martha says, if you would have been here, you know, you could have fixed this. And even now, I know that, that you can do anything, that God will do whatever you say. And Jesus says, he'll rise again together. I know he'll rise again in the resurrection. She says, I'm the resurrection of life. Do you believe that? You, yes, Lord, I believe that you are. Christ Martha makes this, this revelation. And so Martha's not just some, some like, superstar church, church lady. Martha embraces that new role because this is what Jesus invites. All who choose the kingdom of God can become followers of God. All can become disciples. Mary has chosen a better thing. You're distracted about many things. And right this is the reality. You're distracted about many things. You're distracted about what the world says. You're distracted about what culture says. You're distracted about what the neighbors say. You're distracted about what your friends will say. You're distracted about this and that and everything else. Only one thing matters, and that is whether or not you decide to embrace the kingdom of God. One thing matters. And so the reality is, if we're honest with ourselves, if I'm honest with myself, for most of us, in the church, we're all martyrs, right? We're all distracted by many things. What's the world think? What's the world going to say? The church is oftentimes not only focused on, on following Jesus fully, we're also distracted by the things of the world and the things of this and the things of culture and everything else. How do we become more like like Mary, seeking just to sit at the feet of Jesus, not, not just in contemplation, but be, being a follower of Jesus isn't just sitting in contemplation and prayer. It, it involves that. It involves worship. But it involves truly tapping in to the will and glory of God and seeking to bring the kingdom of God to the world. To bring... Um, 
the love of God to the world, to bring the peace of God to the world, to, to tear down injustice, to tear down all those, all those barriers and roles and walls that get built up, and to say, you are loved by God. You are a disciple, a potential disciple, a worthy child, image, grace, glory, son, daughter of God, all those things. This is what this passage is. It's, it's a radical passage about new things taking place in the kingdom of God. Where things before, where women should be here, out of sight, out of mind, now are welcomed. And it just builds from there. That all of us come together to be one in Christ. To proclaim the love and grace and glory of Christ. And this is the invitation that's here for us. This is the invitation of the church to embrace and to take hold of. One thing is needed. That we might follow the living God. Who announces the kingdom is here. And the kingdom's here forever. Amen.